Hello and welcome to the Wake Up With Glow podcast. I'm so, so excited that you came back to join me here in this space and I'm so grateful that you meet me here to be able to do the really deep, deep work of getting to know yourself, getting to understand where you fit in, in your own life and in the greater world and making it all come together in a way that is authentic to what you are trying to become more of, which should ultimately always be yourself. Today, I have a really important topic, uh, specifically because it is our own battle with ourselves. And I think it's relevant to just about every single person walking this earth, because it's something that we can't really get away from or apart from. It's something that we grow up already having and then further growing into. And it's definitely something that controls our lives and how we move through them. So I want to talk about the idea of how you identify. And I want to specifically narrow in on something that is called a self-concept. Now, you may not be familiar with what a self-concept is, but it is something that allows you to have an idea of who you are to yourself. It is the notion of, I believe that I am blank. When you are asked the question, who are you? Which, even if you've been asked that question, most people haven't actually taken the time to answer to answer with a depth that goes beyond the things that most people will say are who they are, which can be anything from identifying with the job that you have, identifying as a parent or a daughter or son, a partner to someone. This is sort of the way in which you view yourself here on planet earth, when someone says, who are you? What is the answer to that question? And the reason why it's so important to ask this of ourselves is because you're quite literally deciding for yourself what is important to you. What is important to your life? What is important for you to grow into and grow out of? What are you content with? And what do you want to start shifting away from and toward? So the self-concept is a really dangerous thing to deal with and often goes unacknowledged in most people's lives, right? People don't ask themselves who they are, but it's dangerous because in a way, it objectifies you as something that can actually be categorized. And that poses it's the first problem that we face is that we as eternal beings, we're here on this earth to fulfill the purpose that we hopefully are able to get to clarity around in the course of our lives to get to understand why it is that we are here, what it is that is going to bring us the deepest fulfillment, while also, I hope, providing a valuable impact to the earth and continuing on to inspire other people. How do we become of value? And our self-concept kind of limits that expansive nature of what we are actually here to be and do because it says well I have to decide who I am 
I have to, des- to decide who I am in the confines of the English language or whatever, ang- whatever language it is that you use to analyze or think in. And if you've ever spoken more than one language, if you have a second language, um, as I do, then it will be no surprise to you that language in itself is so limiting. There are things that I have wanted to say and express and had to dig into a different language because English was not sufficient to adequately get my message and my feelings across. And your self-concept isn't much different from that. Your self-concept is something that you have used this really restricted model to tell yourself, and not only to tell yourself, but to really hone in and convince yourself of who you are, and then live your life reinforcing that notion of this is my identity, this is who I am, and thus my subconscious is going to live in the constraints of that decision that I've made for myself, based of course on past experiences, on my interactions with the world, but I am continuously living in this reinforcement of what I've decided I am. So who am I essentially becomes one of the most important and perhaps in a way unanswerable questions in your life. Because the more you can answer it, the more you are objectifying yourself and taking yourself away from how truly expansive you are, how unlimited your potential is meant to be. And how you view yourself dictates pretty much everything in your life. It dictates how you view your past and all of your previous recollections of what happened in your life, who meant what, and what that means about your future, how you're going to move forward, how do you evaluate your own sense of worth. All of these things are tied intricately together with your self-concept. And the reason why I I wanted to make an episode specifically on self-concept is because it literally is something that we all have and talk so little about. Whether you grew up in a home where you weren't supposed to really, you know, talk much about yourself or maybe you were encouraged to dig deep into what you felt and what your feelings were and what they represented. In either case, your self-concept becomes something that needs to be addressed and carried with you on a daily basis so you can constantly remind yourself of when it needs to be separated from your ego because Your self-concept and your ego can either be very closely related or they can become very distinct. And that is the ultimate goal is to distinguish our ego-based behavior, which is you trying to prove that you are the best, you trying to prove that your worth is higher than someone else's or higher than what you have been putting out and evaluated on. It's this constant need to reassure others and yourself that you are in fact worthy. Whereas your self-concept is such an intimate experience with yourself. It is just you and you talking about what do I believe myself to be? 
And if you can start there, if you can start with changing your own perception of yourself, working through all of the negativity that maybe is laying as residue in your mind because you're trying to still work through some really traumatic experiences or anything that has shaped any negative perception you have of yourself, if we can start to chip away at those things, then naturally your ego is going to take a back seat and you once again will be driving the course of your life. And that is, of course, our objective is to always get ahead of ourselves by getting in control. If you can learn how you operate, you know, one of the big mistakes that people make is that they try to control things, including themselves, in a way that's counterintuitive. They try to control themselves by not actually tending to any of the parts that make them who they are. They try to control themselves by doing the things that other people are doing because it looks like it's working. Whether it is or it isn't is a conversation for another day. But if you are not actually tuning into who you are, how you operate, what works for you, what doesn't, are you, where do you stand on, in the realm of emotionality versus pure rational judgment? How do you function? You are such a purposeful creation. And that is the point. It's not meant to be this like greater, you know, dreamlike state that you have to escape the real world to kind of put yourself into a place where you can even entertain the thought that you are this expansive being with all of these intricacies that need to be honored. This is not meant to be a spiritual woo-woo session. It's meant to be a very realistic and grounded discussion where I just want you to be able to understand that you are no different from anything that is programmed a certain way. The programming of your computer, the settings of your phone, the settings of your oven, your micro, whatever, pick an electronic device and think about, would you ever approach using something in a way that it was not meant to be used? Would you take something that was literally designed to be used a particular way and then get upset that it's not working when you're using it the other way. Do you take your remote control, flip it upside down so the sensor is facing you instead of the television screen, and then get angry that it's not turning on? Would you do that? Hopefully the answer to that question is no, because you understand that the inherent properties of how this remote control was meant to function is by pointing the sensor at the television. And you are no different. How are you to actually hack yourself if you are constantly trying to use yourself in a way that you are not intended to be used? Rather than trying to make the people who are very emotional less emotional or the people who are super, uh, super distracted, but maybe that's where their productivity lies in the fact that they can multitask and other people can't. There is so much power in understanding your own settings. You are so special in how you have been built and set up. And that is not to say that you shouldn't refine your properties, that you shouldn't 
try to see what is working and what can be made to work better. It is to say that there are things that are truly inherent to you. And if you never tap into those things, you can't possibly expect that your life will turn out in this fulfilling fashion because your fulfillment is so deeply tied to the settings of who you are. So going back to our topic of self-concept, I want to just mention why it's so important to have a good self-concept. Why are we even talking about this? Why does it matter? So many people live so blindly in a complete lack of self-awareness of who they are and what they're doing and what they want and where they're going. So why does it matter? Why do we have to care? And one of the reasons that you should care is because it's going to affect the people who you attract into your life. How you view yourself is going to directly influence who you are calling in to be either your partner or your friend or your future business associate. You are putting out an energy that is based on how you perceive yourself. If you think that you are super lazy and worthless, that is the energy you're going to attract. You're not going to bring in people who are super productive and efficient. And it's not just because they're going to take one look at you and say, oh, I don't need this kind of energy in my life. It's because you won't even get yourself to the space to be in their presence, to be able to call in someone who is on a completely different energetic wavelength. In order for you to call in the things that you want to call in, you have to be those things. You have to show up as those things. And the only things that you should be calling into your life are the things that are actually matched with your true internal state. So that brings me to an important point here, which is you should not be pursuing the things that you are not yet prepared to receive. And I know that that statement can be misinterpreted or it can be taken as a very extreme statement, but I want you to understand that that doesn't mean that you shouldn't pursue goals that are perhaps greater than where you see yourself. It means that you should update your own self-concept to believe that you are in fact worthy of the pursuit of those goals. If you can get yourself to upgrade your mindset, to upgrade your own personal self-identity to match the level of anything. And, And this is the crux of manifestation itself. The power lies in you actually feeling and embodying that you are worthy, deserving, and already in living in a state of presence with whatever it is that you want to call in. Okay, so that goes the same as it does for things and successes, however you deem success. And people, people are no exception to this. You will attract the people that you are prepared to receive. The second thing that, uh, you know, really makes self-concept important is it affects how you take advantage of opportunities. You know, how you view yourself is going to cause you to either want to pursue something or not want to pursue something, depending on, again, going back to that idea of self-worth. There are always going to be immense opportunities for you to take advantage of. They are never going to fall short because the world is going, no matter what kind of crisis we are in, financial, social, political, it really doesn't matter. The opportunities are always going to be there because the opportunities are not built out of a stable state in society. They are an ongoing availability 
irregardless of what is going on in the world around you. So in order to take advantage of the opportunities that are always present, always present in your life just as much as in anybody else's, is to make sure that you have a good self-concept, to make sure that you believe the things about yourself that you know you need to believe in order to get to that next step, in order to be able to have the confidence to pick up the phone and call someone who you want to collaborate with or call someone and ask them for the favor that you so desperately need to get you one step further in your own life, to get you the support that you need, the guidance that you need, the mentorship, Maybe it's to ask for a favor for financial means, whatever it is. You will not take advantage of the opportunities that are before you if you do not perfect your self-concept. If you see every reaching out opportunity as a self-defeating step, if you see that asking for help is actually you admitting that you're in a bad place, admitting that you're not capable of doing something on your own. The way that you frame these necessary steps that ought to be taken to take advantage of opportunities, the way that you frame what needs to be done is going to affect whether it gets done or not. If being vulnerable and talking to the right person about how bad things have been for you lately is so horrid to you. It is such a a terrible even thought to entertain doing something like that because it makes you feel so lowly and so behind everyone. Then that has everything to do with your self-concept. And Until you are able to conquer that, until you are able to work on your perception of self, why are some of the most confident people the most successful? Because the confident people don't take things personally. They don't take the things that need to get done as perceiving themselves not equipped enough or not there yet. They just go ahead and do it and they say, I'm getting there. I'm going to ask for help because this is me getting there. Not, I'm not going to ask for help because that's me admitting that I need help. So self-concept, it's going to affect the people that you attract. It's going to affect how you take advantage of opportunities. And perhaps most important of all, which ties everything together, holds everything up, is that it's going to affect your health and wellness. Your self-concept, your self-perception, your self-image, everything that you say to yourself, either willingly or not willingly, everything that lives in your subconscious that you have reinforced over time, is going to affect your hormones. It's going to affect then in turn how capable you are of doing anything because once you're affecting with the chem- once you are affecting the chemistry of your body, you're going to be affecting the outcomes of your body. You it is no surprise fitness and nutrition are so important. But the things that are going on in your mind, the things that the thoughts that are floating around there That is equally as important for you to be able to maintain a state of wellness that is sufficient enough for you to actually be able to keep going in the pursuit of a better life for yourself. So when you wake up and you tell yourself that you can't do it and it's not going to work out and your goals are too big or maybe your goals are too small and that's self-defeating in itself, if you tell yourself these things and you change your internal chemistry 
then of course you're not going to get up and get into the gym and do that workout, whether it's for five minutes or 45 minutes. Of course you're not going to feel inclined to take the necessary steps to improve your state of well-being because you don't see your state of well-being as important enough to invest in because you have lost touch with the value of yourself. If you can rebuild your own personal evaluation of your own value, your self-concept inevitably is going to improve and you're going to want to invest back into your health and wellness because that is going to be the thing that is sustaining your pursuit and maintenance of this new self-concept that we're going to create for you, which says I am capable and I am worthy and I am enough and I am deserving as much as the next guy. I can have anything that I want. I can have anything that I will actively participate in the creation of. So I want you to just take a second right now and you know, either bookmark it, write it down, take a mental note, but ask yourself, how do you see yourself right now? What is your self-concept? Do you see yourself as successful? Do you see yourself as defeated? Would you categorize yourself as depressed? Or would you categorize yourself as an uplifting person? And let's be clear that none of these Things that I've mentioned are independent. Maybe you classify yourself as all of those things. But there's going to be a disproportionate leaning. And when you write down an answer to how do you see yourself, you're going to find that most of the responses, if you if you create a list of 10 things, they're going to point you into a direction. Even if you have on your list, I am depressed, and then on the other side you have, I am content. It may seem like certain things don't go together, but as we all know, people put forth different energies every single day and they all live inside of the same person who can or cannot be super happy or super sad and you just don't know where their normal balanced state lives at the moment because they put forth all of these other things which are all true. Maybe you are happy when you go to work, but then you come home and then you return to your neutral state of complete self-defeat. But getting to know where you're at for yourself is so imperative for you to be able to do anything with that, for you to be able to make any conscious change, okay? You know, ask yourself also, what do you aspire to become? What do you aspire to become and how do how does how you see yourself fit in with that aspiration, You know, a lot of us are so fearful to confront our truth that we would just rather avoid it altogether. If you feel like you don't feel good about yourself, why would you want to ask yourself how you feel about yourself, right? It seems like you already know that it's not, you're not in a good place. So why even go there? The answer to that is because if you don't go there, you can't get anywhere else. If you don't go there, then you're just going to live there. And you don't want to live there. And that's the point. So I want to, you know, just make a really potent point here around identity. If you follow along with my stuff, then you should, uh, you likely know that identity is very far removed from who we actually are. 
how we identify is something that we choose for ourselves. It is something that we are given and we permit consciously or not into our own self-perception. Identity is what you decide you are going to be known as. Your identity can come, like I mentioned earlier, from the role that you play in your household, with your family, your friends, your loved ones, your partners. It's the role that you play at work. It's how you separate and distinguish yourself from other people around you. It is what makes you different, but also what makes you the same. And the thing about identity, uh, you know, in an ideal world, we all are able to shed our identity so that we don't have to say, I am a mother, I am an educator, I am XYZ. Because you understand that through your very humanity, through your very human nature, you are being itself. You are energy. You are human life here on this earth meant to do what you put in the work to get yourself to be able to do and decide is meant to be done in your lifetime. Now, without going too deep into the spirituality of it, I want to just draw a point back around identity and and bring you to the awareness that when you identify yourself, when you say, I am something, I am fill in the blank, what you're actually doing is you're striking out everything that isn't that one thing that you said, I am blank. But if you change, rather than trying to overnight shed ourselves of our identity, if we change and reframe how we are identifying, if instead we say, I am not, rather than I am, then what we're actually doing is opening up a whole world of possibility. Because I am not strikes out things that are not you logically. I can say, I am not a firefighter. I am not an astronaut. I am not a particularly sensitive individual. I am not whatever it is. And what that does is it leaves me with a little bit more clarity than I had before as to what I am. But when I say something like, I am whatever it is that I believe in the present moment, that I am, it does not leave any room to add to that, to discover more about yourself. You are so many things confined in one individual. You are evolving, you are changing, things are being brought up out of you. I don't know if you've had this experience, but I'm sure someone has, where you felt at one point you stepped into some kind of clarity because you had a conversation or maybe a really life-changing experience and all of a sudden you realize that there are aspects of yourself that you embodied when you were really young maybe in your preteens in your teens maybe even earlier than that as a child how were you socially how did you behave how did you feel what were you interested in i know in my own personal life there are things that i have brought back into my life now that 
I really loved when I was nine and 10 years old. And I remember suppressing those aspects of myself to conform to society, to be able to do the things that I was taught I needed to do to get to where I was taught I needed to go. But if you really pay attention and instead of trying to categorize yourself, you give yourself the space to come to your own awareness of self, to become who you actually are and maybe even have been from the beginning, but haven't given yourself room to be because you were too busy telling yourself what you are rather than being it. Your self-concept, when it aligns with your outward reality, when it aligns with what's going on in the world, you know, if you say, I am a firefighter, and then you go to work and you are a firefighter, then it creates something called congruence. And when you live in a state of congruence, it's very deceptive because it feels like everything is good or that it should be good. Why are so many people miserable if they're doing the things that they identify with? If you are a single parent and you are in fact a single parent and that's how you identify and you build all of your self-concept revolves around that, then why, are, why is it that so many people are reaching for something outside of that? Why is that the, the fulfillment of your self-concept not enough? People who are either miserable in their jobs, miserable in whatever it is that they are pursuing, it is a signal from your body and from the universe that there is more that needs to be a part of your self-concept that currently is not. That your self-concept needs to be revised and expanded to include those things that your soul is reaching for. That, that sense of fulfillment that you're not getting solely by conforming to just this one little idea of who you are that you've boxed your entire being into. So... I just want to make sure that I leave you with something a little bit more tangible as to how you can actually change your self-concept. And there have come about three things that I would say have been the most relevant um, that I've seen help other people and that have been helpful in my own life. So I want to just touch on those. And the first thing is that you need to, before you do anything else, you need to accept where you are right now. And the reason why you have to accept where you are right now, and I mean really accept, not just say, okay, I'm here, nothing else is working, I guess I'll just allow myself to be where I'm at. That is a very defeating approach to self-growth. You have to accept where you are right now because you know that you can't be anywhere but where you are. You can't be somewhere else yet if you haven't honored the part of the process that you're in right now. You can't compare your path to anyone else's. You can't do what anyone else is doing because this is where you live right now. This is the only space in which you exist. And by honoring where you are at right now, you're giving yourself permission to change. That is the important part. You have to give yourself permission to change. Why do so many people hire accountability coaches, you hire a personal trainer, you hire a dietitian, you hire someone to do anything that you don't want to be personally accountable for. And it doesn't always work. 
Why does it not always work? I have a personal trainer. I have a dietitian. I have a financial advisor. They're all telling me what I need to be doing and nothing's changing. The reason why nothing is changing is because you haven't given yourself permission to change. You haven't found what what the change actually means to you. If you are maintaining your self-concept that has been hurting you for so long, why would having someone else watching you make you change on a deeply, deeply, deeply personal level? The answer is it won't because you have to accept where you are, allow yourself to be there and give yourself permission to move to the next phase of your life. And until you do that, no amount of training, advice, or accountability is going to help you because you have not learned to be personally accountable, even just for the desire to change. We outsource so much of our lives because we, we do need help sometimes. But you cannot outsource your own desire to change. No one can instill the clarity that comes with you understanding why you want to change, you getting to a point of clarity as to what it means to you and what it will do for you if you do in fact change. That is an emotional connection that needs to be established between you and you. You need to know for yourself why it is that you are making this change. And when you do that, you can progress to the next level of really honing in a positive self-concept for your life. And that is to know your future self. Know what your future self will look like, what you want it to be, even if it's not what it ultimately ends up being. You, you don't necessarily have to put so much pressure to figure out where you want to be in 10 years in so much as you need to know how you want to feel. How do you want to feel? It, it's more about gaining self-awareness as to how you're living your life than it is deciding today whether you want to own a home or move to Nova Scotia or whatever it is that you're trying to do with your life. You All you have to do is to decide how you want to feel. And once you are able to get clear on that, the pieces of where you're going and which foot you need to step with first are going to come into your awareness and they're going to clarify themselves, but not without taking this step and understanding what your future self feels like. And the third thing is teaching yourself to trust yourself. It is probably the number one hack, if we can call it a hack. Hacks, uh, you know, hacks make it seem like it's something easy, but it's, it's really not easy. To hack yourself is maybe the hardest thing that a person can ever come to do. But it is also the only goal that you should have because it is the goal that is connected to everything else, all forms of prosperity and peace in your own life. So to teach yourself to trust yourself, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that every single day, and I'm not even speaking about the promises we make to other people, every single day when you step out and you say you're going to do something, even in your own mind, I'm going to wash the dishes before I go work out. I'm going to call 
my business partner, before I do that. Whatever it is that you say you're going to do that does not get done, okay? On the level of your brain, on the level of your neurons firing and creating new connections, you are literally teaching yourself and solidifying a network, a literal network that says he or she does not keep his promises or her promises. Promise made, promise broken. Connection. You are solidifying with every single decision you make to not make good on the promise to yourself, you are convincing yourself and making it that much harder for you to break the habit that you have formed. The bad habit that you are carrying forth every day, whether it's procrastination, whether it's skipping your workouts, whatever it is, every time you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, you are literally solidifying that into your identity. You are becoming that broken promise. And the more you keep this right in front of you, you keep this in your awareness and you tell yourself, Every promise broken is a step backward. Every promise that I don't make good on, I am literally walking backwards from where I'm trying to go. So I want you to hold this idea every time. And and again, if you want to ensure that this system works, you have to make sure that the promises are reasonable for you. Don't think about where you're trying to be. Think about where you are right now and think about what is reasonable for you in respect to what you have been doing. If you have barely been getting out of bed, then please don't promise that tomorrow you're going to run a marathon and you're going to cure the next big wave of infection or whatever. Don't make promises that are unreasonable. If you struggle to get out of bed, then maybe tomorrow promise that you will five minutes earlier than you normally do. Or you'll stay in bed, but you'll do something productive in bed. Be reasonable with the promises you make because they are rapidly additive Your promises, once you start getting this momentum of making a promise, keeping the promise, making a promise, keeping the promise, you are going to find that you get into this flow state where literally, and it's not even about you acknowledging yourself or doing such a good job and keeping your little promises to yourself. Your brain is making a memory map of you doing this. So even when you don't feel it, If you personally do not feel like you're making any progress, remind yourself, but my brain is taking notes. My brain is jotting down all of the progress I'm making, even if it doesn't feel like I'm making much. A promise kept is two steps forward. A promise broken is a huge leap back. I really hope that you found some value in today's episode. I really hope that you take the time to work through this for yourself. 
and be reminded that this is really your journey. It is and will always be exactly what you decide to do with it. You can change your mind tomorrow about how much you want to go in on yourself. You can have 17,000 bad days strung together and then 17,001 can be the day that you truly, something inside of you decides to latch on to all of your potential and make the biggest change that will show up as a bunch of small changes. You have so much power and no matter, and I can say this freely, that no matter how defeated you feel, no matter how much you feel has been taken away from you, no matter how alone you feel in this process, the lowest of lows can still take a step up from that. You can still climb out of the deepest, darkest hole. So I love you and I believe in everything that you can do because it is inherent, an inherent property of all of us to be able to grow beyond ourselves, to be able to become all that we are. This is something that is your right, being a human being. It is not something that you have to earn. It is not something that you have to convince someone or yourself of. This is yours. Your ability to succeed as you see fit, it is your opportunity. And I hope that you take yourself up on it. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And remember, please, I am always here with and for you. Do not hesitate to DM me, to reach out to me, to email me, whatever you need to do. If you need the support, if you need the guidance, please take advantage of the resources. Talk to me directly. I am always here to help. I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend.